Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches through God's Word. prepared for us is going to be anything but boring. It's going to be filled with adventure. I mean, imagine what it would be like to experience planet Earth without the limitations we now deal with. Physical, human limitations. What if that was no longer the case? What if you were like Jesus? Life in heaven is often thought of as just sitting around on clouds, playing harps and singing. Some people might be content with that, but for others, that sounds like torture. In today's message, Pastor Robert teaches you that, in reality, heaven won't be boring. It will be full of excitement. What it won't have is pain or fear. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor Robert in the book of Philippians, chapter 3, as he continues his message, Tarnishing the Name of Christ. His love is the main thing. Something happened back in the Garden of Eden, and we changed. All of creation changed. With that one rebellious choice in the Garden, part of humanity died. But that's going to be completely restored. You know, one day with the restoration of all things, I believe that we're going to be able to enjoy both realms simultaneously. I I don't believe there's going to be any veil. You know, we talk about the fact that as we get closer to the end of this age, it almost seems like the veil that separates the physical from the spiritual in our world, it's like it's getting thinner, We're seeing more demonic activity than we used to see. We're seeing evil is getting more and more bold, more and more aggressive. I believe one day that dual nature of humanity, which was corrupted by sin, it's going to be restored. The work which Christ has begun and promises to complete in you will culminate with you being made like him in the physical sense. Listen to Philippians 3, verses 20 and 21. It says, because our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. See, the Bible says that one day you're going to be so much more than you are right now. 
when the process is complete, when that final redemption of your body takes place, your body is going to be like his body. John says, we don't know exactly what that means, but it's encouraging to think about. When he finishes with you, it's going to be amazing. And, And not only that, but see, what it implies, the future that he has prepared for us is going to be anything but boring. It's going to be filled with adventure. I mean, imagine what it would be like to experience planet Earth without the limitations we now deal with. Physical, human limitations. What if that was no longer the case? What if you were like Jesus with the the resurrected body and the ability to inhabit both the spirit realm and the physical realm? But now you don't have to worry about dying. You don't have to worry about breaking a leg. I mean, bungee jumping. You couldn't run fast enough to get me to jump off a bridge. But what if I didn't have to worry about breaking bones or anything like that? I, listen, I believe there are all kinds of adventures, and I'm being a little silly with it, but I do believe there's all kinds of adventure which await us in the next phase, so to speak, but also responsibility. I remember the first time I heard a Bible teacher say, you know, heaven and, and, and the afterlife, however you want to look at it, Many of us have thought that it, it was going to be super boring and we're going to be all sitting around. Like I was, I was told as a kid that we're going to be worshiping God together forever. And so the image in my mind was having to sit still and be quiet and sing these boring old songs forever and ever and ever and ever. And I thought, that doesn't sound like any fun. I don't, I mean, what about going fishing and playing ball and, you know, riding motorcycles and things? I mean, we're not, it's like that all goes away and we're just gonna sit in church forever? No. And this Bible teacher, he said, not only that, you're gonna have a job to do. There's work to be done. Wait, what? I mean, I thought it's like you enter into his rest, you know? Rest in peace, we say, when, some, when somebody dies. But that's not talking about physically resting. It's not talking about you, you're just going to, you know, one, one long nap. No, it's, it's talking about the absence of fear, the absence of anxiety, the absence of stress. Work won't be stressful. That's part of the curse in the garden. Work won't be stressful. They're going to be responsibilities. The church, not the court system, should be the ones to mediate disputes between believers. The church, not the courts. If you've got a problem with a brother or sister in Christ, don't drag them into court. He says, go to the church, not the pastor. He doesn't say bring it to the pastor, okay? Don't bring it to me. I'm not, I'm not the guy. But there are all kinds of ministries out there that this is all they do. Seriously. If you just Google, listen to me, just Google Christian mediation. You'll be shocked at the ministry names that pop up. One of them is the Christian Legal Society. The Christian Legal Society, of a friend of mine years and years ago, he's an attorney, and God convicted him that this was an area where he could be a blessing to the rest of the body of Christ. When there's some dispute, you know, somebody who claims to be a Christian, maybe they are, maybe they're not, but now they've cheated somebody else who claims to be a Christian, maybe they are, maybe they're not. 
But they decide that they want to take this seriously and have it mediated within the church. So he joined the Christian Legal Society and he got training as a mediator so that he could do that. And there, there are several organizations that do it. So there's no reason for us to not take this seriously and have Christians mediate. Listen, Paul continues this same train of thought in verse four of 1 Corinthians chapter six. He says, if then you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are least esteemed by the church to judge? I say this to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you, not even one, who will be able to judge between his brethren? But brother goes to law against brother, and that before unbelievers. Now, therefore, it's already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated? No, you yourselves do wrong and cheat, and you do these things to your brethren. The apostle Paul is just, he's, it's like he's losing his mind. He's like, I can't believe this is happening. You guys are, you're cheating each other and you're suing each other. There's got to be at least one man wise enough to be able to mediate, to help you settle these things. Now, just to be sure here that there's no misunderstanding, what God is not telling us that we just need to let ourselves be cheated. He's not saying, listen, just be a doormat. You know, if the guy's got the fish thing on his bumper sticker and he cheats you, just you just got to take it. No, no. He's giving us a way to get resolution. He says, there has to be someone wise enough. Go to the Christian Legal Society. Go to, to some other organization. Go to just a Christian attorney, whatever. Just take it to a brother in Christ, a sister in Christ for mediation. Don't drag them into an unbelieving court system where you're gonna have unbelievers witnessing this family dispute. He said, don't do that. Instead of doing that, you'd be better off to be cheated. He is telling us that it would be far better to absorb the material loss and allow ourselves to be wronged than to give unbelieving onlookers ammunition with which to discredit the gospel. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. You've been listening to Main Thing Radio. Thanks for joining us today for this edition. The book of 1 Corinthians is so applicable to the issues that the modern church faces today. Within this book, we find the Apostle Paul writing to a church that was full of the Holy Spirit, but also dealing with some big problems. Throughout this study, we'll be looking at the different things God teaches us about prioritizing His way and sharing His love. As you continue to study this book, look for ways to apply God's teaching in your own life and to serve your local church. If you'd like to hear today's teaching again, or would like to explore more of these type of messages from Main Thing Radio, visit MainThingRadio.com today. Or you can download our mobile app to listen anytime, anywhere. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just follow the link on the website. Again, that's MainThingRadio.com. We'd love to hear from you too if you have any questions. Or if you'd like prayer, give us a call at 305 531 
2730. That's 305 531 2730. We're so glad you joined us today. Our time with you has come to an end, but be sure to tune in next time to keep learning from the book of 1 Corinthians. We look forward to our next edition here on Main Thing Radio.